This week on It's So Bad, we continue our RPG month as we play and talk about the most anticipated game that's ever been added to the endless list. It's Sweet Coden. Hello, Chris. Michael, hello. How are you? How are you? Oh, swell. Just You're the swell. only one that would play this game with me out of any of us. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I think for the uh, the rotating cast that's on here, I think uh, this is the game that's probably... Uh, I think, you know, a lot of folks on the on the pod don't play a lot of old-school JRPGs. At least not just the game that I do. Old school games in in general. Yeah, that's true. So this is, uh, yeah, no, I mean, you know, we suggested this. This is obviously right in my wheelhouse, and uh, one I wanted to try anyway. So here we are. Had you so we're this week we're playing Spicoden. We're adding it to our endless list of video games, which currently goes from number one Super Mario sixty four all the way down to number one hundred thirty four Home Alone for the Sega Genesis. Um, and just curiosity, had you played this game before? No, I've only played, um, Suikoden 2. Oh, so I suggested this game because I wanted to play this game before 2, because I wanted to see how that series progressed, because I felt like if there was a chance, if we played <clears throat> 2 before 1, we would never play 1, or we wouldn't play it for a long time. That, um, well, now we can't do it for a year, according to our rules. And bylaws. It's, it's true. <laughs> I, I have it purchased on my PS3 because you can only find it on PS1, which is currently, if I go to vgpc.com, video game price charting.com, and look up Sweet Coden 2, we were just talking about how ridiculous prices were for video games. Loose, a loose copy of Sweet Coden 2 currently goes for $194. Yeah, and it used to go, it used to go for a lot higher, too. And um, I mean, I remember it was a big deal. Uh, God, it must have been five years ago, maybe, give or take. Like that's like when Suikoden One and Two got released on the PS3 version of the PlayStation Store, and I remember that was like a huge deal because that was like the first time these games became like readily available for folks since uh, like God, like twenty yeah. plus years, you know. I mean, this game is this. It's at its historic. It's at almost its historical peak. It's like dropping a little bit because the market's <clears throat> in a bit of a bit of a come down i don't know if it's going to come down a lot but yeah so we couldn't too just for the record like even back in 2012 it was a hundred dollar closing the box game mm. so it's always been expensive but now it's like ridiculously expensive because retro video games are Super, super expensive. But Sweet Coden, the game that we're talking about today, the first game in that series, uh, came out in 1996. Uh, was Konami Computer Entertainment Tokyo's game. Um, so Konami made an RPG. I don't know if Konami made very many RPGs before this. I think they actually did. There's a couple on the uh, Nintendo, the Famicom. I don't think that came over here. Um, there's the one that is called Lagrange Point. Oh, yeah, I believe. yeah. Look, that's a, I believe it's a, uh, a family, a Konami game. Yeah, it is a Konami game. Uh, but yeah, there's a couple Konami RPGs, but this was like, they're really going into the Final Fantasy space and trying to compete with like your, 
your uh, Square and Enix Dragon Quests in your Final Fantasies. Mm-hmm. And Breath of Fire P- was, was in full swing at this point, right? In the super- yeah, because yeah. it was all on the Super the, Nintendo, was, so yeah. Yeah. yeah, one and two was on the Super Nintendo. I think three and four were on the PS1. Uh, so that was Capcom. So they were doing that over mm-hmm. there. Over there, yeah, over, subs- Cap- over at the old Capcom. Oh, yeah, Capcom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah those guys Cap- over there. The Cap Cops. Um, yeah, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. You can follow us on Twitter at It's a Bed Pod. It's a Bed Pod at gmail.com is the email address. But this game, yeah, it's a JRPG. Came out in December of 1996 here in North America. So it was like one year after the launch of the PlayStation 1. Same year that we would get Super Mario 64, Duke Nukem 3D, Quake, Resident Evil, uh, Crash Bandicoot, Tomb Raider, Shadows of the Empire. Uh, personal favorite of mine, Civilization 2 came out in 1996. Pot oh. Rapper the Rapper. Uh, <laughs> so it was uh, quite a year for video games. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think it's also good to put in perspective for this conversation too that this is post Final Fantasy VI, obviously yep. pre Final Fantasy VII. And yes, just, you know I'm just I'm just laying that for the groundwork for later in the conversation when maybe we discuss some rough around the edges aspects of this game. Yeah, but that's for later. Yeah, so um, this game's two D. It was on the PS One, but it's two D. It was you know I think that at the time it was really weird for a game to come out on the PS1 that was 2D. So... Yeah, but it's kind of getting, like, that faux 3D look, but which kind of results in, like, most of the sprites, like, uh, kind of look like they're, like, looking to the side the entire time, yeah. trying to kind of have, like, that faux 3D look going it kinda on. Reminds me, it kind of reminds me of the, like, Super Nintendo's the, Mode 7 Yeah, that's, ex- yeah that's exactly what I was going to say. It's like, it's like it's trying to give you that vibe. It, yeah. uh yeah. <laughs> so I mean, there's some 3D in like some of the action sequences and some of the the rune summon things, mm. the the cast that you can do. But there's not the game primarily is a 2D game. Um, but yeah, it's drawing on like your Final Fantasies very much. So um, not a lot of has been documented about the making of this game. <laughs> um, but it took two years to develop. It was the basis of the story is. Shui Hu Zuan, which is uh, known in English, is a as, Chinese as story. water margin. <laughs> yeah, Much easier to say. Margin. Water margin, uh, the outlaws of the marsh, which uh, translates in Japan, Japanese to Suikoden. So it's literally trying to adapt that story, but they introduced um, fantasy elements to this China, Chinese uh, mythological story. Um, I don't even know if it's mythology, but it's kind of like a tall tale, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, the uh, person who made this game, a uh, director, was Yoshitaka Murayama. Uh, he mentioned that he felt like he needed to add the half-fantasy aspect of it and ha- to add to the half-Chinese mythology in order to sell it to the West, because Western people just wouldn't buy a Chinese focus game which is probably true at the time i I feel like it's better now but still i don't think games that are just like based on chinese mythology are going to sell that well yeah i mean how many times is uh well not mythology but like how many times is like the the story seven samurai been like you know adapted and put like in a very western spin right the magnificent seven like bug's life or whatever the whatever the ants movie was like but that's over and over and over but i but that's also Japanese. Chinese is a, oh, yeah, bit, that's right. That's right. Bit different. That's so right. 
I mean, now you're seeing a lot more Chinese culture inf- infiltrate, uh, infiltrate sneakily. They're coming across the border. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Uh, inf- that was a dumb thing by me. I guess I was more just thinking in general, Eastern culture has to be dressed up a certain way for Western culture. <laughs> more yeah. broadly is how I was thinking about it. You should see, though, um, now now's a kind of a different time period. I feel like we're entering a space where there's going to be a lot more Chinese culture that's going to be popular here. You see games like Genshin Impact, which is a Chinese-developed game. You see um, uh, even stuff like Shang-Chi is coming out, and like people are pumped about it. But even on Netflix, if you go into Netflix and you have a child who's three years old, like <laughs> myself... There are a ton of animated movies that are really high quality that come out of China. Mm. And those are just straight up Chinese, uh, like fables that are translated into modern day. And there's like a whole bunch of them. Yeah. I mean, I just constantly, I just can't believe that Nintendo, uh, so blatantly ripped off Genshin Impact with Breath of the Wild. I mean, it's just, (laughs) God damn it. Why? Um, but yes, you play as the hero. His name is Tyr in the official material. Um, is he a silent protagonist? I forget. Yes, it's been a yes, while yes. since I played this game. And I thought his name was... How much... Is he... Oh, is Rio the second one? I thought his yes. name was Rio. Okay. But, uh, Tyr Mc- yes. McDole. He's Scottish. For <laughs> yeah, some reason. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um he the whole uh the whole loop of the game so this is like the most standard ass jrpg the only thing that's different in it so like you got your com- turn-based combat you got your spells um you got your fighting and, and all that um you go to dungeons and you complete these like you go through all these different quests um but the only thing that's different about it really on the surface is the fact that it is you can recruit 107 characters right. in the game right and that's like the big selling point right and at the time period it was like whoa holy shit there's 107 characters in the game but here in 2021 i'm like yeah I, that's just that's not impressive it's i feel like i'm going to say this like a lot throughout this episode is that like you know, having played Suikoden 2 and then going back and playing this, like, the things that, like, were our little innovative about Suikoden, like, yeah, the 107 characters, the uh, military battles, and then, like, the dual battles, in addition to, like, the regular JRPG combat, like, it's, it's, like, the bones of a good idea, and then when you play Suikoden 2, you're like, oh, okay, that's, like, that idea really implemented much better in a much more enjoyable way and much more fleshed out way. And, uh, and it's, 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 it is almost too bad that I played Suikoden 2 first before playing this. Well, actually, I don't know if I played Suikoden 1, I might not have played Suikoden 2. Like, (laughs) so, you know, maybe I guess I did it in the right way, but, um, yeah, like you recruit 107 characters and it's like, a lot of them are just kind of nothing characters. Like, you know, like, a lot of them are fairly generic, like, melee characters that kind of come in. Like, there are some that, like, you know, have relationships with other characters, and you can combine them for, like, dual attacks or triple attacks. Like, that's kind of cool. But then there's also, like, in something that's very quickly abandoned in the Lucigan series, like, if you want to have a, an overworld map, you need to recruit the person who makes maps. Like, if you want to, like, have, like, an item shop in your castle, like, you need to recruit that character who's the merchant like if you want to be able to fast travel 
you got to recruit um, uh, Vivi, I think, who's in every single game with the blinking mirror. And you can miss her in this game. It is possible to completely skip uh, recruiting her and that you have to go through the whole game without fast travel. And that is obnoxious. Oh, you have to recruit... Uh, and you have to recruit somebody who comes equipped with the skills that allows you to run. So, like, that's, <laughs> yeah, like... <you> like <laughs> I forgot about that. The elf character... Yeah. yeah, and it's like you gotta have like those people like in your party to run, or you're gonna have them like equipped with like certain equipment to allow you to run. And that's all stuff that's just like done away with uh, by the yeah. time Sweet Two rolls around. But that's like uh, absurd. There's some there's some really obnoxious stuff in this game. The main obnoxious thing for me was the inventory management. Yeah, you have each yeah. each character has nine slots. There's mm-hmm. no group inventory, so you have to put whatever. And in, th- those nine slots include armor. So, right, right. And, and, so you have to like manage it, and and then when you there's 108 people in in 108 characters that you can get um, in the game, and in order to equip them, you have to go in and manually unequip the items, go get the other guy, and then it manually equip the items back to the new guy, and it's like so fucking annoying yeah. and frustrating. I remember in the the second one, it it streamlines that process. I don't remember anymore how it did it whether it's i think it's a combination of you have a party inventory and also like a mass like unequip all and optimize all feature i think and like that's all you gotta do to make that better that's all you gotta do to make that smoother but yeah so i mean like this is this is a pretty pretty bog standard just game in general like you're going from one place to another to fight a bad guy and move on even the war battles and the duels are just rock, paper, scissors right. matches. Right, right, Um, I, like, the story is like, there's a bad guy that you need to defeat because the Empire is corrupt. It, it's like, like, literally trope after trope after trope. I would say that the cool parts of this game is the, the fact that you can get um, uh, the characters, but, and that's interesting. The bad part about it is that they don't allow any time for the characters to breathe. There's no right. character development because there are 108 characters. <laughs> right. Like in later games, like you hire one of the people you recruit as like a detective character and you can, you can have the detective like flesh out the backstory of each of your 107 other recruits, which is kind of cool. Like that's missing from yeah. this game. I think things though that are, I mean, I think overall this is a good game. I think, but it is very, it does feel very standard. But um, things I think it does well, like, I like the fact that, like, you have a six-person party. Like, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. Also, though, going to turn into a critique. There are times where, uh, so everyone has different mages, uh, ranges. ranges. They can either have yeah, a short range, all, medium short. range, or a long range. And sometimes, when you're doing the story, like, some people kind of get forced into your party for story events. And it doesn't optimize, like your party arrangement so like you can end up with someone with a short range who gets forced into your party they get tossed in the back row and once they're in the back row they can't attack so like it you know stuff like that like little quality of life things like really need to be like polished up they like that's not an excuse of well it's 1995 because like i said final fantasy 6 has already kind of come out and like it's been out for two years basically like you know you could be you could be better than that yeah um i do i do think that the weapon range was an interesting uh facet of the combat but overall the combat in general 
was again pretty standard and there wasn't even like cool like boss gimmicks it was all just pummel him as much as possible for the most part there wasn't like a trick to most of right. the people like usually you have to learn something that they're doing in order to defeat them and this was just like make sure you're healed and just beat the shit out of them right yeah exactly and because like a lot of the magic is like dependent on runes and i always kind of felt like it was hard to kind of come across like a variety of runes i always kind of felt like you were always kind of getting the same kind of like basic elemental skills and uh i think i remember even said to you in our group chat going like i was like i can't find like any healing runes like oh anywhere. it's water it was the water rune the, was the healing rune oh well, well see like that's that's you not, get it right in the start that's not clear <laughs> like but i was like oh yeah 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 but i mean like for like uh um i never used like later i never used the healing runes i never used the healing runes i only used like the potions that they you had to buy every time yeah the I mean, that's, that's what i did yeah just always use the medicine and i was like this is this doesn't seem right but no yeah i didn't even use the runes that often i think that at the end of the game your hero character gets a good rune that i would like open up with that was like ridiculously good. Mm. But that that was the only one that was in the game. And then also one of the things that kind of annoyed me is that I get great joy. I feel like finding cool weapons in games, and everybody has the same, has the, their own weapon. Oh you yeah, just you just them. yeah you take it to the blacksmith. Yeah, so you don't have there's no you don't change weapons. You just uh, take it to the blacksmith and he sharpens your mm. level. Yeah, I mean you know we're kind of we're kind of dogging on aspects of this game, but it, it is it is fun like yeah it's, sure. uh, it's an rpg it's a like a it's a competent jrpg yeah right right it's yeah it's it's just so wild how it's like the second one is just regarded as like one of the, the top jrpgs of all time and uh which i like kind of agree with like that second one is fantastic like it's everything that this game should have been done much better and done right and uh, from story to to battles to character development, like just everything is just light years ahead of this game. I um I want to play two. Obviously, I'm actually more interested. I think in playing three and four because those are like I don't think a lot of people played them, and some people are very high on them, and some people are very low at them. And they, and that those types of games are always super interesting. Yeah, to me. I think there's five altogether. Um, yeah. and there's one that's like hated and I forget which one that is that's that's five okay I'm pretty and sure and then there's like one that's like oh it's almost as good as two right I think that's three or four um but yeah are there any story beats that you want to talk about in this I we can go over just the like the basic outline is that you are the son of it's, a, re- it's a revolution you're in a revolution yeah. <laughs> he's a great general I, I thought it was fucked up though at the beginning when so your your father is a great general of the scarlet moon empire he leaves you for battle uh he's going to the northlands and you're in like the, the main capital city so you're fine but he leaves you with ted who's your friend but also you have three servants cleo pawn and gremio and Cleo, I'm not really sure what she does, but Pawn is like your bodyguard. Yeah. And Gremio is your surrogate mom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's real weird. That's your servants, your mom also. Yeah. I thought that was strange. It's like, uh, it's uh this is the problem with having like a silent protagonist though, is that like, you know, they're, they're, they're saying all this like one-sided dialogue to, yeah. to your main character. And they're just like, oh, you know, we're so close, like, we're, like, family, they're like this, like that, and, like, you just kind of stare blankly back at them, like, that's always, like, my problem with, like, silent protagonists, like, like, there's no need 
Chrono Trigger is the only game that ever did it right, in my opinion, and I just, like, look at that and go, like, I mean, you gave this guy a name, he's not a blank slate, like, he's the son of a general, like, he should have dialogue back. Like, well, the worst part is that, like, very shortly into this game, you're, you are the son of a great general, but you're, like, the, the emperor is, like, chasing after you because you have this rune, and then you find out that, that there's the rebellion, and the rebellion's leader, Odessa Silverberg, is killed. Um, and then all of a sudden, like within like an hour, you're the leader of the Liberation Army, yeah, and right. you haven't said a fucking word. <laughs> right, yeah. So I, I thought that was really strange in terms of pacing. And they were like, "Yeah, we got we got this castle that we can all hang out on. Also, <laughs> whenever you fight a boss, you can spare their lives, and they can become party members, even though they really haven't any active like contrition or anything. They're just like, all right, I'll go and fight for you, right." Right. Yeah, it's it, not a bad idea, but again, it's all stuff that, like, 2 feels like, and I hate to, like, kind of keep comparing to 2, but, like, I've always thought, like, Les Mis should have been, like, converted to, like, an RPG, and I feel <laughs> like, uh, and I feel like the second game is, like, kind of, like, my idea of, like, Les Mis being converted to an RPG. <laughs> so, and this is, like, I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. It's the prequel. It's kind of, it's kind of basic. Yeah, and so, like, is, it takes place in the same area, Suikoden 2, as what, Suikoden 1? Suikoden 2 is, like, a, like almost like a direct continue or is a direct continuation. Like, pretty much all the, like, I didn't realize how many characters cross over from this game to lot. that game. It's a ton. Like, a lot of the main characters are the same. Yeah, I know Flick is, like, one of the main characters. Flick, Victor, uh, Valeria, who's overpowered in this game uh, when you first mm-hmm. get her. Like, she also carries over. Vivi and... Gene are in every single Suikoden game. They kind of tie them all together as like the weird mystical characters that just kind of flew through time. But yeah, Suikoden Two is like basically just like a uh, just like a direct continuation of of this game. Yeah, so they made Suikoden Two. They made three, four, five. There's six spinoffs with a with a revival in the works as mm. well. Um, a Yudin Chronicle. Have you heard of this? No. Yeah, it was kickstarted, I think, last year or the year before. A Uden Chronicle 100 Heroes is what it's called. <laughs> it has a release date of 2023, and it's made by the same director. Um, and it looks pretty good so far. That's a, so. that's a thing in the 2010s. Uh, these directors and creators of like these old classic games like aren't part of those studios anymore, don't have the rights anymore. They go, ah, you know, we're going to make our new Castlevania. You know, I, I, well, <laughs> I, I hope it's like, I hope it's a... Uh, Closer to being uh, Bloodstained, Curse of the Moon, and all that stuff than it is being like Mighty, Mighty Number no. Nine. That's all I can. Well, that's all I can hope for. It looks pretty good for right now. We got a long way to go to before we get there, but they've already also they're making a spinoff of that game that's coming out before that game. Is it also going to be retro style, like in the same vein as like Bloodstained? Because I, I would love that. I, well, no, I don't think it's that. Mm. I don't think it's an RPG either. So, no. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, oh, one thing we didn't talk about: in order to get the good ending of this game, you have to recruit a hundred and eight characters. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> it's so dumb. Like, just <laughs> well, most fly. of them, you, most of them, you just gotta like talk to. You know. Like... Yeah, I, I mean, by the end of this game, and I didn't do like a super completionist wa- uh, run through. I probably had like a good sixty to seventy characters. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. You just you just kind of. Find them. They look different. As soon as somebody looks different, you just go, 
Oh, oh you're not guy. you're not the standard NPC. Okay. <laughs> I'll like I'll just come get you. There's one guy who's like, you have to get to level something before you can recruit me, and I'm like, oh, what? This is oh L'Oreal L- or Laura Lee in the bar. She's like she's like I don't hang out with weaklings. Like that sort of stuff. Like I like. And I like yeah, the, like, like that stuff is cool. But there's like there's like a martial artist in one of the places. Who's oh like, yeah, yeah. You have to be level forty five. Oh before yeah, I'll talk that's to right. You. <laughs> that's right. And um, I think you max out at like level fifty three or something like that. Yeah. But I do like too though. Like as you, I like it when when RPG worlds feel alive. You know, even if it's like just like the subtle, like little bit of like a dialogue change, like amongst NPCs, yeah. like in Chrono Trigger, for example, like as you travel through time and do different things, when you go back to like the same old bars and inns, like everyone's dialogue is like changed slightly. And I like it, like when like little things like that happen and it feels alive, it feels like an evolving world. And I do like it as you recruit a bunch of people, like your castle gets really populated and everyone's yeah. just kind of wandering around, like they're hanging out in different areas, like certain people I will are piling say- up. There are a ton of screens that don't need to be on there. You have to like walk so far in that fucking castle <laughs> yeah. to get around. There's so many different screens you have to travel through. Yeah. So, but, but again, I like I like that it feels alive. I, I like that. That's yeah, uh yeah. it's like a little thing that and it feels the, to me. The Joker villain hangs out in the garden with his like girlfriend who's recruited. There's like uh the, the enemy generals all hang out together. Oh yeah. And then yeah, like all like the ninja yeah. characters hang out together that like, yeah. you know. Yeah. The woodland creatures all hang out together. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I like that. That's that's a nice little touch. Yeah, that is nice. And it, you know, you can add shops and stuff yep. if you recruit people and like an inn and all this other stuff. So that's always fun. Um also there's like three different blacksmiths that you need to recruit. Oh yeah, that's like right. The highest smithing and stuff like that. Um last time I'll compare it to the second one. I do like that uh one of you can like build like a bar onto your castle in the second one. And there's like this like uh one woman who's like just like she's got like a like a not like a really super important character, but uh she's like just like a really good uh sword fighter character, but like, you know, doesn't really add anything to the story, but like you recruit her like in a bar getting shit faced and then like <laughs> When you're when she's in your castle, she's just always at the bar getting shit faced, and I was like, I was like, I like, I like that, I like that character. <laughs> I used her a lot in the second one. Cla- classic. <laughs> yeah. um, so, um, if we want to add this to our endless list of video games, where does it go on our list? And right now, our lowest ranking RPG is Dragon Warrior at forty nine. I think this goes below that. Did you not make a label Pandora's Tower? An RPG? No, it's that's action RPG, oh, like oh, a, J- a JRPG. Oh, I see. Uh, yes, it goes way below Dragon Quest. Um, yes, way below. <laughs> um, I, I think I think Pandora's Tower is a good comparison, just for the record. Um, I personally enjoyed playing Suikoden more than Pandora's Tower. Yeah, I think um, I liked Pandora's Tower better, um, but. You know, that's also like what we were talking about. Like, when we were talking about Pandora's Tower, it's like there are some gimmicks to Pandora's Tower that if you were not on board with those gimmicks, you're gonna fucking hate that game. Whereas, yes. like, this is like. So, kind of putting that in, in perspective, like, I feel like it kind of hovers around the range of, like, Pandora's Tower. Like. Yeah, for um, sure. I don't like, think it goes above, like, a Crazy Taxi, for example. I think Crazy yeah, Taxi is way more fun. Yeah, I would and age is better yeah i mean i would also probably say the same thing about super off-road <laughs> to be <Yeah>. honest <laughs> but uh 
Uh, yeah, I would agree with that. I don't know. I think I would just put it either right above or right below Pandora's Tower. Share a podcast. You decide. Above. Fuck you, Pandora's Tower. Well, all right. Well, there you go. It's the new, it's the new um, 85. Sweet. Uh, you know one thing we didn't touch on that I really liked in this game that I felt, thought, thought that was surprising? Music? Music's pretty sweet. Music. Music's good. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. CD quality audio. Who would have thought? And just, yeah, I mean, it's just the, the songs are great. Just... Yeah, they're like, it's funny because I was watching like an overview video because I played this game a couple months ago. And so I was like checking back in on it and um, I, the, they played the music and I was like, whoa, I instantly remembered this music. Yeah. <laughs> like the chill theme. Um, but yeah, also I really <laughs> enjoyed, another thing that I liked was that this was 20 hours. I thought this was going to be like 60 hours. Yeah, I think there, so this is kind of like, I think, you know, there's like a heyday of like uh, 90s JRPGs, like the Super Nintendo to like the early days of the PS1. And I think like a lot of them kind of fit into that, um, yeah, 20 hour-ish run, which I think is like perfect, you know. Yeah, um, absolutely. Unless it's like an all-time banger, I don't want to spend more than twenty hours right, on the game. Right. There are some other games in this era, like other JRPGs, I would like to kind of get into. Like, like I'm not really familiar with like the Breath of Fire games, like, but also like Lunar, Silver Star Story. Like, I hear yeah, I've always the, heard good things the, about that. Yeah, I kind of wanted to. I was gonna recommend Lunar for this, but those games are not on the PS One, PS Store, on PS Three. I think. Uh, Lunar is on um, is on mobile and uh, Android devices. Well, all mobile devices, I think. Which is I uh, can't do that. I don't I can't do that, Chris. I don't mind. I don't mind playing that <laughs> that stuff. I, JRPGs in this era, like I like those are perfect for play, like for like the phone or your I tablet. I did play all of um, the Genesis Tactics game, Shining Force. I played all oh. of Shining Force on my phone, so. On the the Green Line in Boston, yeah, uh, no, that's, commuting that's, to work. That's that's where I play like Dragon Quest and stuff like that. You know, taking taking yeah. the red line every day. Yeah, no longer. Thank you, pandemic. <laughs> uh, um, but I'll yeah, be so doing it again number... soon. <laughs> <laughs> we have a new number eighty-five. It is um, also just for the record. I also want to play more PS One RPGs. Mm. I downloaded a whole bunch. For us to eventually play. Oh, you have to. And, you have to let me know. You never know when that PS3 store is going to go away, just like that. We almost we almost lost it earlier this year. There was when that almost happened. By the way, I started to just snap up games, snatch up games. Like every week, I'd spend like ten to twenty dollars. I tried to on too. Like games. every time it went on, it was like I was having the same problem you were. It's like you couldn't complete transactions like in the PS3 store. Yeah, I, I it eventually worked. I got like Zeno Gears. I got. Um, Sweet Code in two and Sweet Code in one and like a bunch of other ones. I yeah. can't even remember when I got. I'm gonna have to. I got a whole bunch. I'm gonna have to go back and do a do a little deep dive through that that PS3 store. Yeah, yeah, it's good stuff. New number eighty five. It's Sweet Coden. Um, do want to thank you, Chris, for joining us this week on this podcast. Hey, anytime. And um, I'm gonna go play some fucking Death Loop. No, oh. I know that you're gonna go play some Tales of Arise. Yeah, well, actually. Might watch some Thursday night football until apparently the plane ride from hell Dark Side of the Ring episode comes on because I really would like to see that. So I might watch that tonight and take a little take a little breather from Tales of Arise. There we go, baby. Uh, we'll be back next week where hopefully, hopefully, we're gonna do another RPG. 
Uh, but we'll we'll talk about that later. <laughs> we'll see you next week.